This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We are continuing our list of 350 good questions to ask and hopefully relating them to line dance. We are able to do this because we have no oversight. There is no one to tell us what we can or can't make a show about. So here's here's this list. I do what I want. That's or, right. as I tell my coworker, you do you, boo. Yep. We've been working on this list for multiple years now. Uh, we were on a different radio station when we started this list. We're currently on linedancer-radio.com. You should totally check them out. And also check out linedancefoundation.com and make some donations if you so choose. Uh, where else should you check out? Oh, linedancepodcast.com for all of our old episodes. And do you have any other dot-coms? Line dance social, oh, maybe? I, I, I should have dot-coms, but I can say Seven Arrow Media. Hey, there you go. Yeah, they're very cool people. Uh, they've been doing a lot of video interviews um, kind of like what we do but with pictures that move, <laughs> with uh, pictures that move. on the internet <laughs> and uh, they've, they've spoken with some people that we actually haven't gotten a chance to interview so we have learned quite a bit from their uh, honky-tonk highway interview series that they've been doing lately so check that out all right we open continuing where we left off with number 198 what company do you despise I would say for me, this does not at all relate to line dance because I do not despise any company in line dance. Um, and since I caught a quick glance at this when we finished our last round of these questions, I've had some time to think about it. And I am still unhappy with a company that spilled a bunch of oil in the Gulf of Mexico and didn't, in my mind, um, have enough you know, uh, response that would be appropriate for the disaster. Um, so I, I don't say I despise them, but I just think, you know, that was kind of a bummer thing to do. Um, maybe the Harvey Weinstein company because of all the stuff he did. Maybe. I don't really know him personally. So maybe he, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. There's very, I try not to think about things that I despise. And I mean, if it were a company, I'm probably just not shopping there. So yeah, you have a thought? Um, well, I guess I have thoughts. They are not complete thoughts at the moment, but you, you brought up a good point about the idea of there's a company, you just don't shop there. Um, I really don't care for the taste of despise in my mouth. It's not a fun word. It's not a good word. And it's not something that I would generally use to describe a feeling or opinion towards something. Uh, generally speaking, I like you. If I find a company that I really, really, really like, I will just throw all of my money at them. Uh, places like Trader Joe's and Oliver's and Amy's and Costco and Target. You know, there's a lot of things that they do or supply or uh, for instance Amy's is a local company that actually has expanded and they do a lot of stuff with you know 
uh, plant-based, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, basically organics. It's just local farmers. They try and do a lot of good for the the community around the area as well as promoting healthy, um, you know, eating habits and everything. Uh, as well as Trader Joe's puts money back into the community. You know, Oliver's, uh, again, someone else who promotes local farmers and businesses and such. Like, I, I tend to focus on those more than s- companies that I just I don't like what their company stands for or their company has outwardly said something or done something or... And generally speaking, the ones that I don't like, I just avoid. You said putting money back into the community. And I was thinking, you know, it'd be kind of fun is if you had a company that maybe once a month just buried a treasure chest somewhere in the community and let people dig it up and find it. And that would be your way of putting money back in the community. Be really good PR too. I, I see that going very badly <laughs> yeah maybe but if you bury it in places that need to be excavated <laughs> then two birds with one stone uh let's see next up is 199 when was the most inappropriate time you busted out in laughter <laughs> in the movie titanic <laughs> Uh-oh. what happened This, this, yeah, I couldn't sit still and I was just in one of those moods and it was a very intense, sad scene and everybody was quiet and it nervous energy just kind of made me start laughing. I also had um, a, this little old lady turn to me at some point during, during the movie that I just didn't have a response for when she asked me, does the ship sink? Oh, no. And I kind of just looked at her. I'm like, I believe that's how the story goes. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, Titanic. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to think if this has ever happened in a line dance setting. Um, maybe if I had been on the mic, that would be a pretty inappropriate time to burst out laughing if I'm if I'm trying to say words, like if I'm emceeing. Or if I'm calling dances that I'm DJing, I don't think that this would have happened while I've taught. I usually am pretty composed when I teach. Um, there was recently a teach I did online of Bobby with an I. Yes, Bobby with an I. And Jason Takahashi had me look at something and uh, on the step sheet, and I saw what he was referring to, and. I, I I collapsed to the ground and a small part of my instructor self died that day. But then, you know, within seconds I recovered. Um, that would be the closest thing I can think of to like having an inappropriate emotional reaction to something while doing something line dance related. Uh, where it's like gotten in the way of what I'm doing. Other than that, I, maybe while I was emceeing somewhere, if Louie was saying something, maybe in Vegas, perhaps. Yeah. That'd be the most uh, likely that I could think of. Number 200. What would be an accurate tagline for each month? Hmm. 
I can't because I have such some interesting thoughts apparently. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just thinking about how it's been getting warmer and it's about to be May. And May is when, you know, a lot of places have graduation ceremonies and people are filling out yearbooks. And because we've all been socially distancing and staying isolated in quarantine, I was thinking uh, for for the, t- the tagline for May, it could be, have a nice summer, see you next year. <laughs> Too real. Uh I actually, in my yearbook, I, I had uh, in giant letters at the top of the autograph pages, no next summer, no next year, because I didn't want people saying stuff like that. Um, and then like getting away with not having a real uh, thing that they're saying or expression. Some people disliked that. And they said, I'm going to say whatever I want. I'm like, all right, if you want that, if you want that to be your, your one and only signing ever to me, I, I see. That's fine. <laughs> But I also just didn't have people sign it who I didn't think would have something cool to say. Because, you know, real estate is valuable on the pages of your book. I used to think that way. Mm. Then I'm going to go really, really dark. Mm. And then everything burned in a fire. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, um, totally digressing. For your book writing, um, my best friend and I had the you know like the choose your own adventure game books where you know you fin- you read so many pages that it says you know if you choose this go to this page if you choose that go to this page so mm. we used to have stuff like that nice. where it was all throughout the yearbook so singing for october based on what you were saying you could say the scariest halloween costume is fire <laughs> cuz california you know that's that's apparently this the the month now the season I think I could probably come up with some kind of tagline for drinking in every single month. Hmm. I can definitely see that. Hmm. Um, I could probably make up a good one that uses the uh, Friends episode, the one with, Mm -hmm. or the one where they, Mm -hmm. but I'd need some time on that Hmm. to come up with something fun and creative. Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, I mean, like, Going month by month, you could be like, "Happy New Year, take a drink." Um, you're in February. Oh, you're single again, or oh, you've been still in that relationship. Take a drink. Uh, what would March be? Hat St. Patrick's Day, take a drink. April is Easter. He is risen. Take a drink. Um, Cinco de Mayo. Shots on me. Uh, June. What is June? Is that Memorial Day? Let's take a moment to remember those who came before us. Take a drink. No. I don't know if there are any happy graduation happy graduation because it's June or happy summer it's it's the solstice well I graduated in June so it's still yeah I graduated in June um, July 4th of July right no August. holidays take a drink <laughs> August get ready you have to go back to school yeah September Labor Day I was gonna say you're back in school yeah <laughs> uh, October Halloween, November. It's your family. Take a drink. It's your family. Take a drink. (laughs) So, yeah, pretty much. Um, Line dance wise. I was going to say, line dance wise, you have. So, in January, typically for my travel season, you have 
Worlds as a Possibility, and then Palm Springs Winter Break with Michael and Michelle, which leads into Big Bang, which that is into February. And then um, March, you have Fort Wayne, and you have Boogie. And then May, you have... Uh, We still have April. Oh, April. Sorry. Oh, yeah. April. Oh, good heavens. Dancing for the Dream, Stagecoach. This year, we would have had our wine country line dance. Mm -hmm. Um, Heart of Texas. Heart of Texas. Showdown. Showdown. June. Now we're in May. May. See, I'm already in May. I'm like, it's cool. It's May. Um, What, you have... Mm, I think... Marathon starts at the the end of of May. Goes into the beginning of June. Yes, you have marathon. June this year would have been Palm Springs Line Dance Mania. Mm -hmm. Um, July, you have Fun in the Sun, and you have Pikes Peak. Mm -hmm. See August. Would have had Atlanta. You know, we was it Kansas City? Isn't that in August? That was in August last year. And there, you know, in theory, in theory, Hotlanta could still happen this year and just be like digital Hotlanta. Because if there aren't going to be any events anyway, then that's just as legitimate a Hotlanta as any other. So there, we should do it again. Keep the streak going. Uh, what's September? Last year it was Vegas, but that's not going to happen Nashville. again. Nashville, yes, experience. Uh, let's see. October is Windy City Line Dance Mania in and October, October West. West. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and Motor City Dance Classic. Motor City, yeah. Oh, and also Indy was in July, or Indy's supposed to be in July. Yes, it's typically Indy around Dance July 4th. X. Yeah. Um, I think this year it's getting June. And then November is Vegas uh, Dance Explosion. Also in June is Bay Area Dance Classic, or Dance Connection. It, line, line except dance. this year it was going to be in April. Interesting. Yeah. Weird. It very because it was going to happen the same weekend you were in Stagecoach. Ah. And, oh, and it's Bay Area Line Dance Connection. I remember that because on the shirt it looks like it says bald. Anyway, um, December is Florida Line Dance Classic. Love that event. We haven't actually made taglines for any of these now. I think, but we're just naming stuff. But again, no oversight. <laughs> hashtag unsupervised. Yay! You used my hashtag. Yes. Uh, hey, so since I used a hashtag, does that count? I kind of used a tagline. <laughs> Number 201. What's the most overrated product out on the market? I'm going to try to make this dance related. I don't think it's always necessary to use powder if you have the right shoes on the right floor and if you have all of that assisted with technique. I don't think you need powder. Sometimes if you're in like a bar and you need sawdust just to dry up all the spilled beer, then that extra little bit of powder is kind of nice. But I don't know that as a rule, I would recommend powder when you have the option to have a combination of dance shoes and high quality wood flooring. Not overrated though, just sort of niche You know, it has its place, but I, I would rather not use it if I can do either of the other things. Other than that, overrated product. Um, maybe hands-free microphones. I enjoy them. I like having the option to use them, but I would say they're not necessary because there are some fun things you can do with a handheld microphone as a prop. If you if you feel like, oh, it's all that's available. I have to use it. Ugh, I'd rather use a headset. 
this is where like the overratedness would come in. We're like, actually, you know, yes, it is handy, but um, there are cool things you can do with a handheld that you couldn't do with hands-free. Have you processed any thoughts for this yet? No. I'm going to go with a whole lot of nope. <laughs> I can't honestly think of something that's overrated. I can say something that I don't care for. What? And I'm sorry to everybody who I'm about to f- offend. Dancing in cowboy boots. Mm. Ever since I made the switch to suede bottom shoes, my life has been changed for the better. Mm. I remember when I used to enjoy the boots because I could stomp in them and do all kinds of countryish things. Uh, but then as I somewhat lost the taste for that and learned to appreciate my joints, and in particular my knees, um, I didn't really need that from my footwear. And I also found out there were a lot of fun things I could do footwork-wise not in cowboy boots. And I, I have grown to want to do those more often than stomp. So I, I would, I'd be on board with you for that one. Again, uh, I wouldn't say overrated, though. Yeah. Oh, hey, DJ-wise, uh, you've used a few different um, software types. Would you say that the super expensive like Serato software would be significantly better than Virtual DJ? Because if it's not, then you could say Serato's overrated. I haven't used Serato is frequently or in depth mm-hmm. as I've used any other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely say that my version of Virtual DJ does everything I need it to do as the DJ I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not a club DJ, so I don't need to really worry about the mixing. But even that, even then, um, our, you know, Virtual DJ does have that feature. Mm-hmm. So I can't say if it does what it would need to do in that circumstance, but for what I use it for, it does more than I need. So, Oh, also, I've been able to use um, Android products for everything I need for line dance. Mm. So I don't know that I would need to spend that much money for Apple products to have like an Apple Watch uh, to to press play on my Spotify or Apple Music with iTunes or uh, an iPhone to do the selfie at the end of the night. Like I can use my Android stuff for all of that. I can use um, laptops that run Windows. I don't really need to pay a premium for the basic things um, that that I require for line dance. Um, I do have a smartwatch that allows me to press play, and it's still Android based. Yep. Oh, let's see what's next. Number 202, what word do you always misspell? For some reason, I don't know if you get this. I'm hoping some people out there will understand my suffering. When I try to do autocomplete of typing, typing, gesturing, swiping the word line dance, my phone tends to think I am trying to spell love dance. It happens way too often. And when I am typing the word dance, I don't know how I always end up with Dnas. The the A refuses to come in front of the N. And it's something I'm aware of, but it just keeps happening anyway. I don't know why. I know how it's spelled, but my hands don't. So maybe with more practice. Being dyslexic, I'm going to say all the words. 
Um, I can't say that I always misspell a particular word, but I definitely misspell a lot of them. So I do what I can. I'm glad that they, they phrased it this way. What word do you always misspell? Because if they had said, what word do you always spell incorrectly? I would say incorrectly. You spell it I-N-C-O-R-R-E-C-T-L. Incorrectly. That's how I spell incorrectly. Anyway. Hey, yuck. Hi, yuck. <laughs> Number 203. No oversight. What naps are the most satisfying? Aha. All of them. <laughs> I like I like the ones um, at events before open dance. I, I feel bad when I nap during workshops, so I try to avoid that if I can. However, if there's a dinner break and I have no dinner plans with anyone and I already ate maybe during the last class of the day, and I just have like a three-hour break till open dance starts, I am energized and ready to dance until 3 a.m. or beyond. Um, so yeah, getting those long, uninterrupted naps and not like a sneaky 45-minute nap here and then two hours later, sleep during the lunch break, sleep during the dinner break. I like one big one. And then you wake up feeling rested like you really slept that's the dance related uh, answer for the naps that are most satisfying for me so there's a couple ways I can play this I certainly agree with the ones that re-energize you right before open dance so I liked those I actually really really enjoy the ones in the early morning to brunch hour when you f- take a red eye on and arrive Thursday morning and you don't have any dancing until like five o'clock that night so you have all day to just kind of regroup and like readjust and with us who have a different kind of time travel than most going to the east coast it, it helps getting those extra couple hours in, especially with an all-night travel on an airplane that you really didn't sleep on. I think those ones are, are pretty pretty important because then you wake up fresh for the whole event. I like those as well. And those do tend to be longer if it's a day when there isn't open dance until like 8 and you've arrived at 6 a.m. or something. You can just very much relax. One of the rarer naps that I've experienced dance-related uh, wise would be when you're so tired that you know you just need to sneak in like 20 minutes of your eyes closed with like a hat over your face and you're among people you trust. So like at Stagecoach, for example, Stagecoach, California's Country Music Festival, in the backstage area we have these air-conditioned trailers. And Stagecoach was supposed to be this past weekend. It would have been in the 90s and low hundreds in Indio, California. So we definitely would have been spending a lot of time in those trailers, those people who were on the dance team or the teaching staff. When you're able to just kind of, uh, not not escape, but like hide for a little while, and you know that you're not going to be needed for anything because they're just teaching a swing or a two-step class they're not doing any line dancing you're not needed to be on stage dancing and you just want some darkness 
And so you just like go inside the trailer. Nobody else is there. You turn off the light. You put the hat over your eyes and you're not worried. Like people might come in and that's okay because it's, it's somebody who's supposed to be there and you feel all right with people coming and going. No one's going to mess with you. No one's going to draw Sharpie things on your face. That's, that's a dance nap that I appreciate. And you don't really get that in like hotel events because you could just go back up to your room if you really wanted to, to nap nap. And these aren't like the serious naps that you can, you know, get changed into pajamas for. These are just the, I'm resting my eyes. And if I happen to wake up and realize, oh, wow, I was like actually out. That's a nice feeling. And only 15 to 20 minutes have passed. Yeah. Any others? Oh, like I said, all of the naps. Yeah. Okay. That pretty much covers it then right there. Uh, Number 204. What's the weirdest thing you found lying on the ground slash side of the road? And this could be read either of a couple ways. Were you lying on the ground slash side of the road and you found something? Or did you find a thing that was already there? (laughs) I generally don't lie down on the side of the road. So I'm assuming it's not me. (laughs) But um, shoot. Has there been anything? Oh, go ahead. You know, what this makes me think of dance wise is when you're in the ballroom and you're walking around and and you're trying to remember where you put your bag or whatever. And you just find these strange things on people's chairs or under chairs. And I'm wondering, like, has there ever been like an article of clothing you think somebody would miss if if they realized it wasn't there? Or like the last day of the event and everybody is out they're They're getting ready to go to the, the shuttles for the airport. And there's still this stuff in the ballroom, so you know no one's coming back for it. I'm trying to think if there's anything been like, if there's been anything unusual or unexpected, like party favors or a weird glass or garments, special garments. No? Of, of the under variety? I mean, you never know. <laughs> I was like the way you like choked back there a little bit i'm, I'm just like, trying to um, think like there's some <laughs> wacky parties that happen in florida but uh i can't say that i've like concretely come across anything in a dance setting or maybe like a country bar lying on the ground or side of the road by stonies or on the way to stonies car keys driver's licenses no i think people i don't know maybe people just are go to dance events feeling prepared and bringing just what they would need with them and not leaving things all willy-nilly. Except for when there have been clothes I've seen, they've been like dance shirts or somebody's um, event hoodie or something. Shot glasses. Okay, so lying on the ground slash side of the road, if you want to get into just like the the party side of some of these events, Windy City, I remember there being a table up by the front. So on the 12 o'clock wall toward the right or 130 diagonal. One year it was just covered in drinks. So like bottles with, with alcoholic beverages in them and cups. And then on the floor, more cups with remainders of alcohol in them. And then maybe some like pizza slices and things. Cause it's Chicago and they've got their pizza going on there. Um, yeah, it's not a weird thing that I found, but it's probably more than you'd expect from dancers. Like, are these people okay? Like, 
do their livers still function? When you see how much is on that table, you think, okay, they must be sharing because if one person or five people had done this, they they are some troopers. <laughs> Anything else come to you? I apparently am very boring because I can't think of anything. <laughs> All right. Number 205, what's the funniest TV show you've ever seen? And for me, I'm going to interpret that as like, what's the the funniest line dance video that I've ever seen? And the first one that comes to mind is when we saw a video of Jill running, screaming across the floor. And then, oh, and skiffle time. And also her ribbiting uh, across the floor for Bullfrog on a log at Motor City. So I guess the Jill Babinick show. Oh my goodness. And then when she taught Hold Your Horses. Was it Hold Your Horses? Yes, because she had the stick horse. That, of the teaches I've seen, that one definitely stands out in my mind. Gary O'Reilly at Digital Dance Weekend 3 having a Sumpta fill-in for him. That That was memorable. Guillaume... Uh, any of the videos of him at the pizza party at line dance marathon 2019 those are very memorable so yeah that would be my my tv show answer um unless there's like an episode of honky tonk highway maybe with jp but i'm trying to think when what when did he interview anybody that i just couldn't hold it in for uh yeah I guess that would be my answer. Your thoughts? Funniest TV show you've ever seen? Maybe related to line dance. So you named a bunch of them already. So that kind of takes the wind out of my sail there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I certainly agree with uh, Guillaume and him playing during the pizza party. That was a lot of fun. I actually... really really enjoy most of Roy and Fiona's teaches based off of their chemistry and humor with one another hands down Jill and John Robinson anytime they dance together I I, I can't handle it I will bust up laughing I'm trying to remember the most recent one that was posted it was at Pike's Peak I know that much and I believe it was hold your horses because uh, they both went down for the peace sign. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the, those are the things that come out most specifically as funny. Okay. Number 206, what's the most embarrassing story from your childhood? I might have one that's dance-related, but it looks like Megan has an answer. Definitely not dance related. Um, And I'm not sure if I can say it's an embarrassing so much as just one that won't ever go away. Ever. So, funny fact about Megan, she doesn't actually like Jell-O. And during a holiday, I was reprimanded because... I didn't want Jello on my plate. I wanted all the vegetables. I wanted all of the good stuff. And I didn't want the Jello. 
and uh, my father put Jello on my plate anyways, and so I ate everything except for the Jello, and then I got in trouble for not eating the Jello. And so now every once in a while, at some family get together, there will be just a package. It won't be made up. Just a package where I'm sitting of Jello. So it's just this ongoing joke that I'm like, would you just go away? So yeah, Megan doesn't like Jello. <laughs> I think I mean, people have asked, have I ever taken ballet? And I think I took it for about half an hour when I was like three years old. I did. I definitely remember doing tap classes and jazz classes. And I think I did ballet just long enough to have some like weird black shoes with pink insoles. And they had like a little elastic strap across the, the bridge of the foot. I don't remember much about like that particular class, but I do remember feeling like it wasn't something I wanted to do to begin with. And then I did it. And then I said, okay, I did it. Can I like not now? <laughs> and I was really young. I was like three or four. I just didn't like it. I, th- I think there was just more energy in the other dance classes I was in. That wasn't really embarrassing, but I do remember hiding, not hiding exactly, but like not volunteering for a long time that I took ballet because I felt like it didn't count. Like if I had taken it and I was really good at it, I could own it and be like, yeah, I take it and and I'm amazing. But I didn't. I just kind of like, eh. but it, it's still enough as a young guy. It's still enough of a stain on your name to have said you did it at all um, when it's not something that you're actually proficient at and proud of. It'd be, I don't know. I'm trying to like think of anything to compare it, but I think in this country in America, like people kind of get that. Like, I don't know. It's not something that I could really bond with anyone over. So it was just like a useless trivia thing about my young life in dance. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I had been a guy and some other person said, yeah, I take tap classes. I'd be like, cool. So do I like, we both do tap. What, what moves do you know? Or whatever. But like, there wasn't really any benefit to continuing with ballet if it wasn't something that I wanted to do or was passionate about. But now I can never say that I didn't take it. So it's like there, but it's like this vestigial appendage. Like it doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Nah. I would do it now. Which leads into uh, our next question. What animal is the most majestic? And my first thought was Rachel, but then I thought, oh... But Fred, and I wish this were video based because you should see Megan's face right now. I'm going to hand it over to her. So I had two answers for this because one, I really, really wanted to answer the actual animal. And so I was going to actually say either birds when they're flying or horses when they're running. And then as for dance related I absolutely love 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 watching Fred dance especially to like witness um, or unsteady however Joe just freaking glides across that floor She's so, yeah, she is a mystical being. So I would have to describe her as majestic. So yeah, those would be my answers. I don't know if, I mean, of all the the adjectives, uh, especially with positive connotations that could describe 
like Joe or Roy or Rachel, when I think majestic, I think of like a Patronus, like a proud stag with mighty antlers that also leaps and bounds and is agile. Yeah, exactly. That's why my answer's got to be Fred, Mr. Fred Whitehouse. All right. Number 208. What's something that everyone knows is true, but we don't like to admit it? That Roy Hadashibroto isn't, in fact, from outer space. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think when you get into more complex dances. Oh, two things, two things. A lot of people start line dancing in country. And when you start dancing to non-country, sometimes you want to pretend that the country stuff doesn't exist, that it's not real, that there aren't people who just do line dance because they like dancing to country music. But we know it's true. Like That's a huge bulk of what made line dance popular, especially in the 90s, was like because it was set to music people wanted to dance to of the country variety. So even people who say, no, I don't do any of that country stuff. I love line dance, but like, God, I hate that hick music. Like, well, you know, we know that it's the gateway for a lot of people to get into your non-country world um, and country music can get them there. So it's one of those necessary things, I think, um, that still should be represented. And along with that, what I was originally saying was as you start learning more complex dances, um, Sometimes people think that beginner dances are a waste of time or that they're just like a necessary evil. Like, oh, yeah, we, we, we do those dances so that we can learn the basic steps. But once we know our intermediate dances, we don't need beginner dances anymore. Those aren't fun because they're not hard. But it's true. You won't become intermediate. There will be no new dancers if they don't start where they're comfortable and often, yeah, fine. If they're amazing and they transfer over from some hip hop class or some ballet class or whatever, then yeah, they don't need to learn beginner dances, but beginner dances are still necessary for many dancers as they make their way into and through line dance. So as much as people would like to pretend that they don't exist and say, Oh, roll my eyes. It's beginner dances in the main ballroom. Can't they go in the other room for that? People like to be included in, in what's going on with everyone and those beginner dances keep them involved and keep them engaged uh, by having one sprinkled in in the main ballroom every five dances or so they'll feel like they're really dancing with everyone else uh, whether or not the intermediates want them dancing with them like it really depends I, I, I have experienced mostly inclusive welcoming happy people Um, I just also know that some of those inclusive, happy, welcoming people still get annoyed by things like Lonely Drum or Pontoon or dances that they don't say are beneath their station, but you can tell are not engaging them anymore, if they ever were. Sometimes they're even ashamed that they used to like one of those basic beginner dances, and now, now they're a real fancy fans dancer, so... They don't need that one anymore. It's like they're they're denying their own roots. Thoughts? Well, there's a couple things. One, something that I know to be true, but I don't like to admit it, is that I can't actually go to every single dance event ever. <laughs> but I don't like to admit that. I mean, there have been the times we've gone to two during one weekend. Yes, yes, we have. Yeah. Um, 
on both sides of the country, no less even. Uh, so that's 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 for me specifically. As for the masses, something that everyone knows is true, but we don't like to admit. Hmm. I have two. I just got two. That we all like the watermelon crawl. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. I had it and then it ran away. I'll give it back to you then. One, you won't get better unless you practice. Thank you. That's what it, there we go. Uh, go ahead then. I, I have the. I'll bookmark the other one. I was gonna. I was. It was along the lines of that. Is we all could have these abilities that we admire in people like Rachel and Roy, and Fred, and you know. All of these people, including Shane and Maddie. I mean, like, I can go on and on and on and on because we know that I love everybody. But it's a matter of dedication and practice. And we don't like to admit that our daily lives might have other priorities than dance. There's a saying I, I like, um, which is, no one can do your push-ups for you. And... Sometimes you'll be doing a dance and maybe there's a video of it and you see yourself and you see somebody else who's just amazing, like Rachel or somebody. And you think, oh man, like if I, you know, if I were to go home and really study what it is she's doing there, maybe the next time I come out and do this, it'll look kind of like that. So then you go home from the event and life takes over. Oh no, you don't, you don't look at, maybe you're like, oh yeah, I remember that video. That was a great video. Rachel looked so good there. Netflix. And then you forget you're supposed to do something to make yourself different for the next time you show up at one of those events. Um, This is related to the other of the two things, which was you won't know the dance if you don't learn the dance. (laughs) Our lists are very long. And then the dance gets played when we go to wherever and we still don't know the dance. You know why? Because we didn't learn the dance. You know, with the push-ups, like, no one can just plug the steps into your brain and body. You have to take the time or you won't know how to do it. And you won't feel confident. You won't be able to play within the, the boundaries of it. And it's something that we know is true, but we don't like to admit it because we, we'd prefer for everything to just be play and easy and fun. But sometimes if you want that, that play and fun going forward long term, you have to do some work up front, learn the dance, maybe also do some technique and that way that will pay off the more you repeat it. Any other thoughts on this one before I go on to the next one? No. All right. Number 209. What's the weirdest text or email you've gotten? Oh. So for dance related, I'm going to keep this dance related because I have some weird friends. Um, I would have to say, and weirdest is a little stretching. When Michael and Michelle offered to hire me for my very first teaching event, it was extremely surreal. I'm not sure I quite believed it. I had to reread it a few times. So I would have to say that would be the weirdest. Yeah, I was definitely thinking along the lines of ever being invited to things that I don't think people would have even considered me for. 
Um, and for me, I think it would be Vegas. When you were corresponding with Doug and Jackie, I mean, we're so new. <laughs> so new. And we DJed there. Like, my very first Vegas ever attending was 2015. And we were DJing 2019. Bizarre. Very bizarre. Also, very special circumstances. Like, there were reasons why we were able to that specific year. Still, it was like, is this real life? And that was mostly through you and your conversations with them. So sort of a secondhand weirdest text or email. (laughs) All right, going on to the next one. Oh, also, I don't remember exactly the context of how I got the information. It might have been an email. It was probably email. I don't really remember. But Windy City, what the heck? Again, like I taught there 2018, I think. Was it my first year teaching in Windy City? Or was it last year? I remember performing last year. Last year. Maybe the year. I don't know now. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because like, I thought that I did a Roy and Fiona dance both years. Okay. I did the floor filler room. I came home and it happened. The fires happened. Right. 2018 and then 2019. 19 for sure you taught. Yes, definitely. What would I have taught? I didn't teach Dance Monkey Dance because he taught Dance Monkey Dance. Roy taught it. I thought that I taught another Roy dance. I know that I taught a lover's track in the floor. F- oh, no. The floor filler this this year was Sucker. So, yeah, the year so it must have been 2018. And my very first time attending was 2016. Ah, and I'm sure that in those two years, I, I told everyone who would listen what an amazing and magical otherworldly event that is, which I still 100% stand by, I think it must have been quite shocking to me to be invited. I don't, even though I don't remember what the email looked like or the text or anything like that, yeah, that would be very much a weird text or email to get after two years. Wow. Anyway, moving on. Number 210. <laughs> kind of related. What always cheers you up when you think about it? I taught at Windy City. <laughs> um. Oh, and kind of related to that, I somehow was able to teach Dance Monkey Dance like at an event, at Florida Line Dance Classic. Like, How did that happen? That, that is a very complicated dance. I remember feeling very, very happy with myself after that. Um, I'll, I'll drop another one for you. Mm. It has to do with Windy City. Yes. Rachel. Oh, yes. That's a happy memory. Uh, dancing Funk and Feel It. After we had been dancing it over the summer at like trade winds with its concrete floor, like that was what we were used to. Like those were the environments that we danced that in. That's where we had our enjoyment of it. And then I got to demo it with her uh, in 2016. And like I had just met her that trip, that event. Crazy. She's she's an amazing human being. You should all check her out at uh, I think it's Rachel dot dance. I think it's probably Rachel dot dance. That sounds right. Um, yeah, Rachel McEnany White, one of my fondest memories, and also the fact that she took forty minutes to do that interview for Line Dance Podcast. I have very very many cheer me up uh, memories now that I think about it. Um, I'm gonna pass it back to you though. 
I know, Mike. Uh, so we can do a whole episode on this question alone is what you're telling me. Um, th- just, just recently, I'm still in shock as well. I'm still shocked as well that people voted for line dancer radio for the crystal boot like that is so amazing like i'm i'm overcome for that one the anytime i think about any of the memories i have with making friends with anybody through the line dancing um i laugh at how i met amy like amy glass bailey and her amazing pants like that's that's a funny one for me um the fire pit at Vegas the fact that we were asked to te- to teach and DJ at Vegas Pike's Peak any memory at Pike's Peak oh gosh um you know any memory with Michael and Michelle I mean John Robinson asking us to teach at Kansas City and when we didn't even like the the dance Ain't nothing better. Uh, just hilariously. Remember when we had a dance? Yeah, I remember when we had a dance to this and we're watching and we're watching. Wait, they're dancing our dance. You know, like, like it's a fun memory. Um, choreographing with Bracken at Palm Springs and the other left. And I just kept going in circles because I like circles. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's so many... So many amazing things. When we helped keep the main ballroom open uh, until morning at Windy City 2019, because the other dancers needed breaks. They needed to do a dance really hard and then sit because it was six, seven in the morning. And that was when we were able to contribute and we were able to jump out and be like the two or three people dancing, whatever. And then after those three minutes, the other people could get back out. And that's how we were able to keep the entire ballroom going until open dance started in the morning. Yeah. Um, um, the night uh, JP tried to kill us at Motor City when he played a bunch of dances in a row and then said, just because I want to see if Megan and Christopher will pass out and he throws on the beast. Um, the fact of being one of three people to dance Beethoven's Boogie and afterwards Darren coming up and thanking us for requesting that because he likes that one and hasn't danced it for a while. Uh, I mean, most importantly for me, any time one of my students finally understands a dance or a combination of steps that they've been struggling with that light bulb that just goes off like oh my gosh I, that's such a high for me there's so many things i can't handle it uh two more specific palm springs memories i have are when we did i want to spoon that was a very happy memory uh which is a co-choreography by megan and myself to the song by the light of the silvery moon by doris day and also my surprise teach of do your thing during lunch and then getting to dance that with everyone. And also dancing, do, um, what's your name with Michael and Michelle? Um, also, when we first saw what's your name at Pike's Peak and it was Michael and Michelle with Maddie, uh, Madison Glover. And that was that was one of those moments where we saw that and we're like, 
what is this dance? <laughs> this is like one of those older dances, but we don't know it. And we knew it by the next year because that's just how we are. <laughs> can't, let, can't let something like that go. The first Vegas, like every memory, which if you go back and listen to our previous episodes on that, we've definitely broken them down several times. Um, but of that last night and the night or the Vegas where we had the all white event that night, again, one of the last nights, um, anytime I've heard Louis call out super cowboy, <laughs> it makes me happy. Um, being able to demo with as many instructors as I have. I remember almost every single demo event that I've been a part of, which is saying something <laughs> considering some of the ones I've demoed. Um, oh gosh, there's so many things. Uh, another one, when you said demo, I thought about like performances at, at, uh, at events and at Pike's Peak, when we had the dance off and we had to uh, remember classics uh, and then maybe put a little style and flair on them. Uh, and then the one, the, the first one that I thought of performance wise was uh, Max being Max uh, from How the Grinch Stole Christmas at Florida Line Dance Classic, because we weren't sure how that show was going to come together uh, during rehearsals. But then when when we actually did it, people had uh, from the sounds of it a really good time um and i i appreciated that we i've said to you before people don't always talk to me about things they talk to (laughs) you and then you tell me but like people were telling me that they liked max in the show and um anytime someone says hey can we do k's for kicks do you think they'll do k's for kicks tonight or when i see it up on a projector and i'm not even in the room and i just like discover that it's about to be played that makes me happy as well. But you look like you had a thought. Go ahead. Um, my adventures in Fort Wayne to Johnny Appleseed's graveyard or gravesite, that, that one will always have a tinge of nervous laughter and a lot of, oh my gosh, I almost died. And yeah, I mean... Line dance is amazing. All of our travels have been amazing and just so fulfilling and rewarding. And anybody listening to this that is a line dancer just knows that there isn't a proper way to actually describe what it is that we get to experience every time we dance in a huge group with people, when we travel to these events, when it's like family reunions, it just, it's unmistakably a blessing. Powerade with Simon was another one that came to mind, <laughs> which he had choreographed about 20 years prior to us dancing in at Northwest Line Dance Blast and watching him try to get that one back, and also watching the video that you took at Experience of him trying to get Kissing Strangers back. Uh, that's one of my favorite dances, and he came out onto the floor for it, and uh, I, I was able to help. I thought it was nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, dancing Powerade with him at Northwest, as well as doing the late-night set 
the second time that we went to Northwest Line Dance Blast and saw like freaky skills and keep up, don't lose your breath and bring it. It was sort of like when we first went to WWLA and saw New Flow and Pump It and Follow Me back when we knew so little from circuit event dancing, uh, so, so few dances. And like getting a refresher of that in Northwest, like, wow, there's still some stuff we don't know. Like, let's write these down. Let's get some video and like maybe we'll know it by the next time. Uh, so yeah, those two Northwest Line Dance Blast memories. And I thought that I had a third memory but maybe it'll come to me. Oh, and also anytime Keith Anderson joins me when shut up and dance plays uh, by walk the moon, there's a dance that I choreographed before everything in like 2013 or something that still doesn't have a step sheet. And like, I thought that the peak, the peak of my, my dance life would be if um, our friend taught it at the Davis graduate with the step sheet that she wrote for it based on a video that I had sent because I didn't know what I was doing, writing a step sheet. Like what, what was I supposed to call any of these steps? Anyway, um, Keith remembers that dance and dances it with me. And he's like the only person who dances it with me. Kevin Alkelman, I believe, still knows it as well, but he's down in so Southern California. I haven't danced with him in a very long time, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that makes me smile. That cheers me up to think about um, dancing that with uh, with Keith. Any of those like before time memories, those Mavericks, Kodiak's Jack, Kodiak Jack's uh, country bar memories. Uh, when those come back, those are nice. Yeah, whatever the third memory was, I don't know if that coming. I hop with John Robinson, John Lieberman, you, and myself. That's a happy memory to me. That was really a lot of fun, very entertaining. Um, anytime I hear the opening for the Beast, I automatically get giddy. Uh, it's definitely two 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 things that that pop up. I'd actually also have to say that I've had a very good memory of before and after events the uh, day that we spent when we got in and out burger and played on the playground with a bunch of our dance friends from Stagecoach, like that will always be right there in my heart. Uh, you mentioned John, and I also want to say at Pike's Peak when he just stood there and like we sat on the floor on the carpet in the hallway while he told us about like his cats and, and we just chatted for hours like way later than we should have been staying up and uh just you know, being among each other that was when we didn't know him as well i i really liked uh, that we got to do that and also uh when carrie mouse john lieberman and the two of us were all like super supportive of each other when that year when we were competing in usldcc that brought us a lot closer together and that yeah and ucwdc you know i have very fond memories of all of that mm-hmm any other last ones in the last 45 seconds or so? Oh, God, there's too many. I could just keep going. So let's just go ahead and call it anything that has to do with line dance. <laughs> it's a happy memory. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, for Line Dance Podcast, this has been Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. You can find us at linedancerradio.com, uh, linedancepodcast.com, anywhere podcasts can be found. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.